Welcome to the Scones and Homes Book Club, your monthly invitation to pull out your highlighters and step into the amazing world of books, reading, and all things cozy. I'm your host, Librarian Anna, and I'm a wife, mama to an almost two-year-old, library program specialist, and a content creator over on Patreon. I'm so glad you're joining us this month as we take a deeper look at Anxious People by Frederick Backman. If you're feeling so inclined, I'd love for you to share this podcast with a friend or leave a rating over on Apple Podcasts and bring more friends into the club. Now, go grab your cup of cozy and let's jump into our chat about this month's pick after a quick word from our sponsors. Our pick for the month of November was Anxious People by Frederick Backman. And the one thing that I learned from our year of reading together is that I really need to look at the synopsis and look for content warnings before I slay books. Because like the rest of our picks this year, this book dealt with some pretty heavy stuff. So if you haven't read the book yet, please be aware that this book deals with suicide, death, grief, hostage situations, divorce, and other mentions of relation to a character suffering from a drug addiction, among other things. But at its core, this is a book about idiots. A handful of them, really. This book is about idiots and the ridiculousness of human nature and how we tend to react when things don't always go to plan. Marketed as a poignant, charming novel about a crime that never took place, the book tells the story of a large cast of characters after an apartment viewing turns into a hostage situation by a would-be bank robber. We follow each character through their ups and downs, both separately and when they interact with the rest of the cast as the puzzle of what really happened in that apartment falls into place. When I first got this book from a library book sale, I knew I would love it. Even though, at the time, I hadn't read Frederick Batman's other works, I knew at my core I would love this one. So imagine my surprise this month when this book turned out to be the struggle of a lifetime. It's not that it's bad. Quite the opposite, actually. This book is fantastically written, and only a madman with a murder board could have made the structure work. But I am not a reader of books whose primary job is to be a character study or analyze human nature, and this book does both. It does it very well. But it took me so long to get through this one, which is why I'm getting this episode up so late, of course. But I can't even read this book right now because it just sits in my head like a song that won't go away and it just makes me angry because I also feel like every word in this book that is said about the way our world works and how humans work is true in one way or another. It's a good book. It's a great book, even if that is your type of jam and I would definitely recommend it if you like books that feature a large cast of characters and are really about analyzing human nature. It's not the book for me, but maybe it is for you. All right, dear friends, this is where I stop the podcast real quick to let you know that the rest of this podcast is dark and full of spoilers. If you haven't read Anxious People by Frederick Backman, this is your last chance to turn the podcast off, go read it, and then come join us later on. All right, let's kick off this episode by breaking down a couple of the many plot points in this book. So at the very baseline, this book is about a hostage situation. On the day before New Year's Eve, a bank robber goes to a bank, only to learn that it's a cashless bank, and when the teller calls the police, the bank robber obviously panics and escapes into a nearby apartment building. Unfortunately, they end up crashing in apartment viewing, and because the potential buyers assume that the bank robber is there to rob them, they end up taking them hostage completely by accident. No. 
while that is the main storyline, it's not the most important one. This book is really more about the people involved in the situation. So the bank robber, the father and son police duo, a recently retired couple, a newly married couple with a baby on the way, an elderly woman who doesn't seem surprised or afraid that there's a gun being waved in her face, a really stupid real estate agent, and a mystery man who has locked himself in the only bathroom in the apartment. So... I really love how Backman was able to make what really should have been an incredibly serious book as absurd as humanly possible by making these characters larger than life. So of all the characters in this book, while I didn't relate to this character because obviously I've never taken a bunch of people at an apartment viewing hostage, nor do I live in Sweden, Um, I've never heard of a cashless bank. The character I felt the most for is the bank robber. So we find out early on that the bank robber has two children and that their partner has been having an affair. And not only has their partner been having an affair, but the affair has been with their partner, with the bank robber's boss. So of course, that means that the bank robber then is losing their marriage, they lose their home, they lose their job, and... I can't even blame them for becoming so desperate because now they're at risk of losing their children because they don't have a way to support themselves. They don't have a place to live. And that would make anyone desperate. So we later learn that the bank robber is actually a woman and that the amount that she was asking for at the bank, which was like some kind of absurd number, it's like 6000 like 6200 Uh, Swedish dollars. That is literally the amount that she needed just to get through one month of rent until her new job's first paycheck came in. And side note, what is this with withholding the first paycheck BS that seems to be coming up in society again? Has this always been a thing? So it's terrible and people need to stop that. Anyway, the character I found the most interesting on the other side is to be the is Zara. Zara is a banker, which makes all of this super ironic, who over the years has prioritized work, work and money over everything else until a letter makes her rethink everything. Now granted, she's never read the letter. It just sits at the bottom of her purse. But she knows it's there and she knows who it's from. And we don't learn what it says until the very, very end of the book. But... Because of the non-linear structure in this novel, it does take readers quite a while to figure out where she fits in with all the other character stories. Because Backman makes the other character stories pretty self-contained. And there's not necessarily like a lot of weaving it, like weaving of backstory. With Zara, Jack, and Nadia, however, there is quite a lot of weaving, even though they don't necessarily realize it. But eventually we learn that the man jumping off the bridge about 10 years prior to the beginning of the book that's mentioned, I think, in chapter two, had actually gone to Zara at the bank, and she's the one who denied him a loan, and that loan could have been the difference between him living and him jumping off that bridge. 
We don't know for sure, but that speculation is there. So knowing that, the triangle between Zara, Jack, and Nadia and how their stories kind of weave together finally ended up making sense. So we learned that Zara, when she went to the bridge, after the, the customer had, had jumped, she sees Jack rescuing a girl off the bridge. And later she ends up following that girl, not literally, but like she follows like her life. And learns that Nadia becomes a psychologist. So then Nadia is in the psychologist as Zara has been seen for quite a while before the start of the book. And so then it's just, it's super heartwarming and super sweet at the very end when everything comes together. And Zara takes Jack to meet the girl he saved off the bridge all those years ago. There are a lot of themes running through anxious people, and I'm not going to be able to get to all of them because there are quite a number, but there are two that stood out pretty heavily to me, the first being found family. Now, this may not make sense to some people because when you think of found family, you think more of like people coming together in like heist or, you know, a bunch of ragtag misfits and they have no one else. A lot of these characters have other people in their lives that they can lean on and care about. But there's just something about the way that everybody in this book just comes together and they put their heads together to solve and ease each other's problems. And it's a trope that I am personally always here for. There are some authors that struggle with this and try too hard to make it believable, but While this situation is extremely improbable, Backman did a really good job at making it feel very natural and almost inevitable to an extent that the characters would end up all banding together and really coming through for each other. The other theme that stood out to me is the bridge. So I guess maybe the bridge isn't actually a theme, but it's definitely a catalyst of change for a large number of the characters. For Jack, the bridge is the location of two of the most profound experiences of his life, being unable to save the man who jumped and saving the girl who didn't. For Jim, his dad, it's the place his son never truly came back from all those years ago. And Zara is tied to the bridge as well, but not just by her connection to the man who jumped, but also through Nadia, which we talked about a little bit earlier, who we later learn is the girl that Jack saved all those years ago. The bridge serves as a place where one crosses over one way or another, never to be seen once they come out on the other side of it. For Estelle, that's also, she looked out over that bridge for so many years with her husband and watched the New Year's Eve fireworks. And so as we come to a close, this book is absolutely delightful. And I really just don't have a lot to say about it because It's really one of those books you have to go, you have to read it for yourself to really understand where it's coming from. Because again, it is a character study. It is a human nature study. And I would definitely recommend reading it if you're one who enjoys those things, that you adore books that have nonlinear structures, and that do deep dives into 
human nature and really are about a bunch of random people who have nothing in common banding together. Back in my writing is always amazing and honestly, I can't wait to read more. But, all right, my friends. That is a wrap on season three of the Scones and Tomes Book Club. I just want to say that I'm so thankful for each and every one of you who have listened into the podcast, joined the Patreon, or even just read my blog posts when you have a time. Every click counts, and I hope to return next season with even better content for you. Have a wonderful holiday season, and I'll see you soon with season four kicking off in January with Lucy Foley's The Hunting Party. If you're looking to stay up to date with what I'm reading over our break, check out my Instagram over at the librarian Anna. Until next time, stay cozy. Mm-hmm.